Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, well, oh, hi. Oh, wow. Oh, I like hi. you in. Sorry, you I'm trying to. me off. I really apologize. I, I've been listening to one of our episodes editing this week. And I'm incredibly hyperactive throughout the whole thing. So I'm going. <laughs> oh, we're going for I'm sultry ASMR. Kind of laid back persona <laughs> right now. I love it. It yeah, feels thanks. very. Um, weather. What's the appropriate right now? Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Looking out of our window to a to a uh, bleak um, but snowy day. Snowy day. It's beautiful. What's that line from? It's like I'm looking out the window and it's snowing. Where is that from? No idea. That's the thing. Anyway. Shall we move on? We should, yes. So um, we have a really brilliant, wonderful guest on our show this week. And we want to say a massive thank you to Bethany Terry for um, being wonderful. Yeah, just for being brilliant and for sharing so wonderfully um, their conversations and experiences. Um, This past week has been Cervical Cancer Prevention Week. And basically, it's an opportunity to raise awareness on the risks of cervical cancer and to help all people with cervixes learn about how to reduce the risks and prevent the illness. And um, I mean, I I feel like there's always so much to learn and I've learned an awful lot this week. And in light of this, like it's so important to get your smear test done. Like we've been trying to raise some awareness and stuff ourselves. And we are very aware that it's a very daunting situation and not, not a comfortable place for everyone to be to even go to these kinds of appointments. So we completely, completely understand that. Um, And we're gonna basically leave some resources and bits and pieces that we found useful over this week um, that include support for anybody that needs it to go to the appointments and also just some information on um, cervical cancer, HPV, and how that affects all people with cervixes. So we'll leave that in the show notes. For sure. Um, And a little trigger warning. So the second difficult conversation that we cover surrounds mental health and antidepressants. And an overdose is briefly mentioned. Now, if this is triggering for you, please don't listen beyond the end of the first difficult conversation. I'll introduce the second difficult conversation at around 44 minutes, so you'll know when to switch off. Um, Also, the first conversation, um, Bethany very generously um, talks about her surgery for HPV in quite a lot of detail. So if any detail around surgery, any kind of graphic detail makes you uncomfortable, um, this might not be the episode for you and that's completely fine. And we'll see you next week. Come back next week. Come back next week. But um, for everyone who's ready, strap on in because we're about to start. But before we do... We've got to mention our socials. We have to mention our socials. I'm going to do some heavy plugging, um, as we said, because, you some know. Some heavy plugging. Heavy, we just said strap on and plugging in <laughs> the same sentence. Um, I'm going to go with it. Yes. So, sorry, sorry. I just laughed. I'm ruining my calm demeanor. Oh, God. Oh, uh, no. Oh, no. Please, please oh, maintain. No. Just um, talking down here. <laughs> Anyway, um, yes, please, please, please come to us. Find us on the old social media. Um, We can be found on Instagram at openhousepod. We can also be found on Twitter at underscore openhousepod. Yeah, that's it. Um, But we have a link tree now, so it makes it really easy for you to find our episodes on Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, and all other streaming sites where you might listen to podcasts. Find us there. Anyway, that's me done. Let's crack crack on on. with the the episode. episode. Welcome to Open House. The podcast all about having those difficult conversations. Ever had to hash out funeral plans with your terminally ill mum? Or ask if your dad is really your dad? We have and we want to chat all about it. Join me, Clancy, and me, Mel, as we open up and get into some nitty gritty details. Like therapy, but cheaper. This is Open House. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Open House. Hello, everyone. I was waiting for that. Um, Right, today in our virtual (laughs) studio, we have a fantastic guest here. Bethany Terry is an actor and registered yoga teacher. They have been in shows such as Bad Out of Hell, West Side Story at the Manchester Royal Exchange, and were most recently in Rent at the Hope Mill Manchester, which ran in person before being streamed online to a collection of wonderful reviews and feedback. I can confirm we saw it. It was great. Bethany also has a really cute kitten called Ozzy, who can be found on Instagram at Ozzy Posey. That's O-Z-I-E. 
P-O-S-Y. Please welcome to our virtual studio, Bethany Terry. Yes, welcome. Hello. Hello, everyone. Bethany, um, so we're so excited to have you here. So like, so we watched Ren um, in our uh, living room, uh, like full on on the projector. And we were like, who the fuck is that person in the ensemble who keeps coming oh up with God. like contemporary realness? Like, oh God, uh, I'll cry. I'm just no, we were Honestly, like, we were like, like who is that? Who this person is. Yeah. That's wow. Right. Thank you. And ladies. then we it's... and then we saw your incredible video on HPV, and we were like, "Well, this is fate. We need to have them on the podcast." Um, so we're so excited to have you here. How are you? How have you been? I'm good. I mean, obviously, you've seen the uh, video, so I'm still in recovery. I'm not gonna lie. But this morning's been a little bit hard. Um, we're all ladies here. I've been bleeding and awful lot after my surgery so I'm feeling a little bit drained but actually already just sat talking to some other humans that aren't the humans I live with I feel great yay I'm glad we can be that um providing a slight joy in whatever this world is right now (laughs) yes um yeah how have you been dealing with lockdown um I've been okay, actually. Um, It's been fine. Although this lockdown three, I'm feeling a little bit anxious because it hasn't really even started yet. You know, we're in this limbo between Christmas and New Year right now. And then New Year tomorrow. Great. I'm probably just going to eat some cheesecake. And then New Year and then lockdown again. So I'm feeling a little bit nervous, but this this morning just proved to me that you know keep busy i've set up like this little you can't really see it obviously we're on a podcast um (laughs) but um i've set up a like little table and i've got a bean bag so i'm just gonna bring myself here like every morning in lockdown just to keep like motivated i don't know that's amazing is it good that you've sort of got this time to like especially like post your surgery is it good that you've got this time to sort of rest and like force yourself because I don't know being an an actor as well like if I've ever gotten injured and stuff I find it really difficult to just like chill yeah definitely I think one of the main things I struggle with is resting um I'm very hard on my body diet exercise like all the time and I when I had my surgery which obviously we'll get into the nurse sat with me afterwards and she said so my love she was like no exercise for four weeks and I looked at her (gasps) and I I went um I said sorry what and I and I was really bothered by this because especially with Christmas weight we all know what we're like on our bodies we're hard on ourselves and I just thought I just said not even a little bit I was like I can't do any yoga and she was like not yet she was like no walking because um the way the 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 wound is um it can rub you we forget how tiny and precious our cervixes are and the slight anything can like damage it I can't do heavy lifting so I can't obviously it's okay now because we're we're in tier four here so can't go to the gym anyway um but my holistic health coach said to me bethany we must take this time to rest and learn how to rest so it's an actual it's an actually it's a gift because i'm learning to rest and care for my body and and just bloody respect it and not give myself a hard time for having a chocolate biscuit. Yeah. God forbid. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a struggle. We're all the same, aren't we? Oh, yeah, big time. Because we get into the routine of exercising so much, like, I think we've all had come from dance backgrounds. Yep. Like, and just, if you exercise as part of just your life and your joy from, like, a young age, I really find it difficult to, if I'm in a down spot, I'll, I'll move. Like, the endorphins just, just, I know it's a quick fix. And so I... Would, I think I'd really struggle to not know that I can just resort to that. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I've started doing a little bit of um, yoga again, like moving softly in the mornings, but I have to be careful. Like I said, like the past few days I've been, I have been bleeding a lot, which is normal 10 days after the procedure. Yeah. But it's, I have, like, I don't want to encourage it anymore. So slowly but yeah. surely Wins the moving. Race. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of a detour and segue because we have yep. to be consistent with this because <laughs> we haven't been. And I really like it. So I want it to be in the podcast. Bethany, we would like to play Two Truths and a Lie. How do you feel about oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Sick. I'm ready. Great. Okay. 
So, um, so you give us two truths and a lie, and we're going to try and guess them, and I think I will win because I'm better Mel's at Mel's really good at this. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I have my cat's tattoo, my uh, my cat's name tattooed on me, like, quite big. Um, She bought in a pigeon once by the wing and it was still alive. She bought in a pigeon once by the wing, but it was dead. They're really They're good. good. They're good. <laughs> Are they good? They're really good. So, cat's tattoo. Yeah, her name. Um, p- pigeon dead pigeon alive Alive. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go ahead and say i think pigeon alive is alive because i think that would be what a strong cat to have like an active pigeon dragged in (laughs) i'd be very impressed with yeah posy yeah yeah and i've seen pictures of of little ozy and i don't think although although i think she's great i i don't i don't know if a giant pigeon the body strength be able to hack that greatness so yeah i think i'm gonna agree with clan brought in a pigeon by the wing but it was dead um that's wrong <gasps> she bought in oh no sorry so sorry i can't you you disagreed no i agreed you? no i agreed so you think that the one that's alive that she bought in the dead one no i think she brought in the live one no no, no I, I think she brought in the i think she, she brought in the dead no, one i think the lie so I think the lie is bringing oh no actually no wait no 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 no, sorry. No, I'm like, no, I think the tattoo is a lie. Sorry. I forgot how to play my okay. own Okay. So the lie is that she bought in a pigeon that was dead. The tattoo is real. I've actually just taken my joggers off because um, I'm really hot. I've got a heat patch on my, my swoom. My womb. So you can see it. <gasps> Ozzy. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. And she bought in a a live pigeon oh my god get it Ozzy How yes is... but also we were all sat in the, we were sat in the lounge and um my mum like me and my dad were on the sofa here mum's over there and she, we've got a table and mum went what's the cat got in her mouth and she disappeared like and then she came out <gasps> the side of the table oh my god. she had the fucking wing and I went oh my god she's got a pigeon like it freaked it freaked me out and this happened before, like she bought in a dead bird once that my step, my stepdad loves birds. So he said like, she now has to get a, a collar with a bell to scare them. So she's got a collar and I thought, how the fuck has she what bought that in? Cat. Also through the cat flap. <laughs> and then she knew, she knew we were after her. So she dragged the cat, the, she dragged the pigeon back into the <laughs> utility room, put it in a corner. The pigeon's there like, like not looking at anyone. It's like, <laughs> and the cat keeps going up and like biting it. <laughs> you sh- I had to coax her with a whole packet of salmon. You should, you should rename her And then my stepdad the took the pigeon out the front. Oh my God. Was it still alive? Like when you let it go? It was still alive. It flew away. And she is petite. I'm, I've left my door open a bit and hope that she makes an appearance, but she's probably out. Oh, I hope so. I've been, I've been, I've been following, following Ozzy's life on um, Instagram. So, um, should we check, crack on with your first difficult conversation, Bethany? Okay, cool. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, obviously smears. We can talk a bit more about the smear later, but you know, as mentioned in the video, if anyone listening has seen it, um. You know, the doctor sort of sat me down and he told me I was HPV positive. And I had I had no clue what this was. And I kid I kid you not, ladies, the first thing I thought was, if I don't know about it, who else doesn't know about it? So I need to tell people about it. So I'm so proud, like I mentioned in my email to you guys, um, that I did this on Instagram and now this has happened. This is so exciting. Um, And also we're approaching Cervical Cancer Awareness Month, little plug. So, you know, what a time to be doing it. Um, So, yeah, he said to me, you're HPV positive. And I thought, HPV positive? Like, that sounds like HIV. Um, But obviously HIV um, attacks the immune system. HPV attacks genital areas um, in both male and female. Um, So, yeah, HPV stands for human papillomavirus. HPV has over... I'll sort of briefly brush over what I've talked about in that video as well. Um, You know, 
there's over a hundred different strains of this thing. Like, why was I not told about this in school? Why in sex education were we not? Because being black and white honest, if I had known about this virus that can give females cervical cancer, I probably would have been a bit more careful and use protection. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, and, and that's a conversation that I've had with so many girlfriends. And this is also between like queer relationships. This is not just between a man and a woman. But I think when you come to being in a, a female relationship, queer female relationship, I don't know how you can avoid the the giving and receiving of the virus, yeah. especially if both females are carriers. Um, so maybe that's something to be researched more from my end. Um, so, yeah, there's over 100 different strains. It, it's so easy to bat it backwards and forwards, especially if you're in a partner. Some people question online, um, has my partner cheated on me? I've been given HPV. Not necessarily. Um, the virus could have been living in the partner for a while. And mm. it can... And it can survive on toys as well. I read that. I was it's, like, yeah, like yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, ah, yeah, it's crazy. Funny. And also it's not... Yeah, exactly. It's not always... I was about to go. It's not always conceit given through the act. Uh. <laughs> May, may I just you know, say for podcast listeners that Bethany did a um a sort of hand through hand penetration action. <laughs> yeah, you know that's crazy. Sometimes it can be um just the skin on skin, which I guess is why female queer couples, you know, can also contract the virus. Um, the scary thing is for me when talking about these awkward conversations is so the doctor's sat there and he's gone to me. So this virus can be fought off on its own. It's brilliant. You know, it's not something to worry about. However, you can get high risk strains of the virus. Oh, Sips God. tea. You have HPV 18, <gasps> which is more, um, it's harder to fight off. And I'm thinking like, and also because of COVID, I'm in there on my own. I've never had any health complications, oh, um, only when I was a baby. So none in my adult life that I remember and have experienced. Um, so I'm there just thinking, I must remember this information. I didn't think to ask for a pamphlet or some inf like written information. And then before I knew it, I'm in a chair with my legs in the air, having a man cut bits oh, off God. me. <laughs> oh. Wait, they, di they did it there and then? So no, um, the process for me was, I had the smear months ago, um, and I'd forgotten about it. And then I moved house, um, and I just didn't think. I didn't think, oh, I must change my address with the doctors because in case I get those results, I just assumed I was fine. Um, because you never think it's gonna be you, and um, then I got wow. a phone call. Um, funnily enough, when I should have been in Manchester with Rent. So obviously I'm sad to have left Rent, but everything happens yeah. for a reason. If I'd been, yeah. I'd have had to leave the show early if I this had happened there because my body is just under too much stress. <clears throat> so then I went in, yeah, the, the they rang. I went in the next day and I'd never heard of coposcopy. So for anyone listening coposcopy is the a follow-up appointment after we have our initial smear test if we have abnormal cells of any kind um coposcopy is when they take a closer look under a microscope um obviously for different females different situations that might be a case that they look at you under a microscope again through a a speculum is that what it's called where yeah. yeah the speculum is the what they put in and they open up um oh, which yeah. again i think we'll we'll talk about more detail in a minute because a lot of uh, that's where a lot of worry comes from is the is that part i think um and if it hurts um so yeah they they did that look at you under a microscope they might just take more swabs um obviously for me unfortunately i have this high risk hpv 18 which had attacked a certain part so when HPV is left untreated, especially the high strains, 
that's when we um it then um the dna um grows and forms into sin cells the sin cells are um the precancerous cells um which then left untreated will turn into cervical cancer there's just no there's no way oh, it will stay a sin three i think i think the natural progression is cancer but obviously in all females yeah. this takes different amount of time you know some people this can take 15 years some people it can take 24 hours i think again i'm not 100 percent on my stats and figures um but so for me the doctor actually did look at me and say i'm pretty sure this is um minor your body will fight this off we won't need to see you again however if i'm wrong we will have to see you again but he was very adamant that my body was going to fight this and i was going to be fine however he was wrong but i on that appointment backtracking a bit i had something called a punch biopsy um Mm. which anyone listening please i don't want to scare anyone this isn't meant to scare i said this in the video on instagram this is just meant to inform um it's where they they literally like take a whole punch i think i didn't see what they used but i feel like it's sort of like a round little blade and they just and like remove a bit but i i didn't have any anesthetic i didn't feel a thing like i really didn't feel it um i just focused on my breathing and i think that helps you know if we're breathing we're alive so um and then yeah i so i didn't have the full treatment that day this was for this was far just over five weeks ago now um and then three and a half weeks later i got the letter that was the scary one telling me that it wasn't mild and that the HPV having the HPV 18, I'd obviously just had it a lot longer. Um, this is why Smith should be done earlier. Oh my gosh. I think it, that's, it's so true. Like, but I think we should be having them yearly when we're sexually active. hundred percent. I've been in so many situations where like, like back in the day when I had a coil, um, and the person in question, the nurse in question, or the people that I went for like various, you know, scans, mm. et cetera, with would be like, oh, so, oh, have you had your smear? Like they literally have my age up, um, you know, on the various medical forms. And they're like, oh, have you had a smear? Or like, I, oh, you, you know, I, or, you know, have you been like, up to date with it? Or are you due for one? And I'm literally like, no, I've still not had one now. I'm still not old enough. And like, um, I was like, I don't get it. I under like I understand what your thought process is because you're 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 doing this for purposes of and like you say of being sexually active and like you're doing all of the same stuff. I had a speculum in there. Do you know what I mean? Like the whole thing was going on. Um, I don't yeah, understand. It, I, I don't understand. Wild. I agree with you massively there. I actually asked this question. Um, I actually asked this question because I had a friend who also had to have a, a procedure done for HPV. And that's the only okay. reason I know about it because they had that experience. Yeah. Um, and I was having issues with thrush, I think, um, yeah. when I was away doing a show. And I was like, I asked them because I was getting very like, I think I was 20. You can, itchiness can be a Yeah, symptom. so I was like 24 and I was like, when do I get my smear? And they were like, the reason we don't do smears mm. The reason we don't do smears for females under 25 is because your cells can change a lot in that period of time. So I think there are obviously exceptions, but like you might right. have a lot, I think a lot of people would test positive and then not, like there would be a lot of change in, in that period of time where something about it like stabilizing. So I did, there right. are medical reasons. I don't I don't yep. think they're always, like it sounds like obviously- There are case, reasons. It, that shouldn't have happened, but- uh. Yeah, but that also it's a question as well that maybe if I go back, I should ask because was it the case that HPV changes? Does HPV evolve? This is the thing. This is why she's getting passionate. This is why we should be educated in school because did I contract or did I get given HPV 18 or did I get given HPV yeah. mild form and because it was left... 
it's grown. But I'm very healthy. You know, I would like to say I've got a good immune system. I look after myself. I'm not ill often. And it's a virus. So your immune system is what fights it. Um, So that's a question. Yeah, for sure. And like definitely because when I first sort of I did some research and I think the first like article or so that I read was like, um, oh, they thought for a really long time that it was like penis in vagina penetration that that made it that that was the way that you contracted it and then I started doing more research um obviously that would pertain to me and um and then they realized they Mm. obviously did more studies Mm. on the fact that it can be passed in all of the ways that you explained before and that it that it's not that it's not just sort of the standard heteronormative Mm. view of 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 what is sex I, I think there probably needs to be done an awful lot more research around that so that we just have the info because we don't. And there is a vaccination that children are getting and I don't know if I can find it for you. I'll, re- I'll read this message if I can find it. So I posted a um, sort of ha- how the HPV vaccine works um, and this is all on my Instagram as well for anyone that uh, is unaware or doesn't... Yeah, it's all on there. Anyway... Um, this is what Imogen is getting in January. Well done for putting it out there. Her friend said to her today, she doesn't like needles and doesn't want the vaccine. Imogen said, my mummy's friend had bad cells. I'm getting the vaccine. Yeah, really sweet. But it's the thing, that's the thing. At 13, I don't know how old they are, 13, 14, if you don't understand and haven't been told that this virus can give you bad, something a bit scarier when you're an adult... Yeah. You're going to go, I don't want it. I'm not doing it. And if you haven't got parents to say you are having it, it's difficult because yeah. everyone's situation is really is different. And some and that's one of the reasons I did the video, actually, is to support women who maybe don't have that, that support. They haven't had the support growing up because some families yeah. would say, you don't need this smear. You're not going. Yeah. You don't need it. We don't do doctors. We don't do vaccinations. So then they go, bless their hearts at 25. Oh, well, I don't need a smear. They're, they're a bit ignorant. They're a bit naive. And that's not their fault. And that's really scary. Yeah, I'd love to talk about your experiences of, of just having a cervical smear. Because I think all the stuff that's preceded mm. it sounds really quite terrifying because of what's happened in terms of you testing positive. But I had my, my like, yeah. I got my, my, my NHS letter um positioned wonderfully on our fridge we put it up there for all to see yeah oh no I kept reminding myself (laughs) to book it but I was so um grateful to have a public health service that sends you a reminder and tells you that this is important and I went and got it done and I was I was like and I was honestly like this is fucking fine it is like Fun or fine? I said fine. This is fun. <laughs> this is fucking fun. This is fucking fun. We should be doing and this then... all the time. Where's my next sweater? She's got a speculum. No, oh, I was. No, I thought. So I thought it's fine. I thought it was absolutely fine, and I was so proud of myself. I texted everyone that I knew that was like over the age of twenty five who'd already had one, and was like, "I'm a rock star. Went great." Yeah, but it's true though. I don't. Under- I am a bit. I obviously know that everyone has, we worry about how we look down there. I'm not joking you. Before I go, I've been to my smear appointments. I get in the bath. I sh- I trim. I make it look nice. I cream. I take my FemFresh wipes to the doctors. If I'm on cycle, because when I had my coposcopy, I was at the end of my cycle. So I went a bit earlier I took out my tampon, I put in a pad, wiped. You best believe it. I got ready for that appointment. And my mum, we're very close, me and my mum. And she went to me, you shaved, you trimmed. You look very neat. And I said, yeah, for the doctor. So I'm not joking, you ladies. If you're worried about your smear, you can do these things. I know it's not for sexual reasons, not to impress, but it makes you feel more comfortable. You don't have to go, oh, what about the hair? Fucking shave it off. Oh, 
Yeah, what? man, I went full bush. Yeah, no, I don't shave everything anyway. <laughs> but you know, you know, but you can make like yourself feel. Yeah, I know it's crazy, but having a bath in the morning, making yourself feel nice. If you're worried about smell, love that. Obviously, we're not. We don't always smell fresh all the time down there. But take a couple yeah. of baby wipes. Wipe before you go in. Take your time. Like it's, it's fine. And also, like with this, with that first smear. We spoke briefly yeah. on our emails about the scraping. You can't really feel it. The thought is gross, <laughs> but it's so fucking quick. Okay, so the nurse will... <laughs> so I I find all those. So I've I've got an IUD. So all of the like. So I found having a coil in like the cramping sensation of that. Uh, I found that more painful than yeah. having a. And it, it's not even that bad, but I found that more painful than having a coil so when Ugh. when she did the speculum opening the cervix i was like had my legs open i just like i felt great and I, I was like i've been here i know what this is and it was this scraping sensation that and it it didn't hurt it didn't last for very long but it's one of those like it's like when someone like scratches a whiteboard i was like Ugh. <laughs> You're right though. You're fucking oh, right. Yeah, I was, I was like, I was like, no, thank you. But also, and then it was over. But yeah, that's the thing. Like the nurse will tell you, and just breathe, just breathe. If you focus on your breathing before, when you've gone, you've taken the big inhale, the exhale. It's done. It's yeah. done. Like, it, and it's so important. I was so it's glad. so important. And we and, get them for free. Yeah, man, for free. Yeah. Like I. Honestly, everything that's happened this year and everyone being like, I love the NHS. Like my my um my mum uh, passed away from cancer. And before wow. we moved to the UK, we were living in Singapore okay. and we had to pay for all her we had to pay for all her cancer treatments because there's no national health service. Or there is, but it's anyway, we didn't have access to it. So then coming to the UK and she had chemotherapy radiotherapy surgery all for free all for free like it is we're lucky we're so fortunate to have it and i think we must never take it for granted no i think when you've had uh direct links with it yeah like yourself clearly um you know you do see the good in it and even though my situation is nothing compared to what the mum went through um you know i was blessed with great doctors and nurses well I have I've got one doctor now that I see and I'll be with him for the duration and even though yeah. he's over in Brighton I will go back to him every oh, time I don't care oh, where I am if it clashes my agent's been amazing he knows everything um you know that is my priority and yeah. I will see him because that's a re- really big factor in all of this is being comfortable with your nurse or doctor that's giving you your treatment Bethany, I'm really curious about your... So after you had the whole punchy thing, yep. I'm really curious about your final surgery, if you're open to talking about that. You know what? Is I that... totally am. I more don't want... I just don't... Anyone listening, remember, like, this is not to scare anyone. Yeah. Everyone's experience will be totally different, totally individual. Um, But it is the reality yeah. of it. And, yeah, so I got my letter... Bear with me, I'll read it to you. So before I'd even gone, I got this letter. I'll just brush over it really quickly. Um, Said, I have this gynecology appointment, blah, 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 blah. Um, It didn't even tell me what I have. Um, It said, important information. Um, You know, it says, bring one person with you if you need it. At your appointment... (laughs) It doesn't even say what I fucking have. That's mad. It just literally says that the, my doctor, the, the, the department, the time, the date. That is so stressful. Useful <laughs> questions when you attend your appointment. What's my condition? What are my options for managing it? What are the pros and cons of each option? How do I get the support to make the right decision? What are the next steps and when? Oh, no. Are you going to tell me what's wrong with me? Oh, God. I've got lumps and bumps in my vagina. And you're not telling me what's wrong? Yeah. So, annoying. So, I then, luckily, I spoke to my friend. And I was like, 
because my parents, bless them, they were so like, no news is good news, you're going to be fine. I When I first went, I saw my cervix. They showed me the part. Yeah. I knew yeah. it wasn't over. Yeah. That just, what I saw doesn't just go away on its own. <laughs> I could see it. I could, I could see. Um, and so I, I rang the doctors. I rang them and the, I spoke to the nurse and she said, so you've got SIM3 cells and you're going to have treatment. So yeah, I go in and you are, this is the question, isn't it? You asked me what the procedure was. Yeah. Okay. okay. And then, so I'm there and just a bit of background, 45 minutes yeah. late, 45 minutes late. I, I sat, I got there 10 minutes early and I was waiting. Yeah. Uh, so I was waiting, I was waiting nearly an hour and I thought, and my mum, bless her, she's in the car because it was in Brighton. We're thinking, have I got cancer? That's that's the reality of this. You know, they didn't tell me really what well, obviously the the nurse confirmed, but sin three cells are the precancerous ones. That's just the last stage of it. The mm. cells go sin one, two, three. Big boy. <laughs> um so yeah, anyway, get in oh, and the doctor sort of he said, Sorry to keep you waiting. And I said, Yeah. I was like I didn't say come on mate but my energy I was like are you like come on like and there was me and another woman and you could see we were both there like checking our phones fidgeting she was getting up every five minutes nervous anxious she was like I have to get my kids at three this was at two o'clock she's like how long is my treatment gonna take yeah because it's not it's not a fucking nice treatment um anyway so we talked it through I had something called let's treatment um it's let's treatment is loop excision um and that's where they use electrical currents i believe loop excision is a method of removing the area of abnormality identified during examination Mm. the treatment is usually quick and painless blah 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 so I go in and I knew that I was having um, an injections to obviously numb the area. They they obviously don't give you an anaesthetic if you have a punch biopsy, but any further treatment is obviously more invasive. It bleeds. It can be painful. Um, so they stick a big, like, you know, when they use electric and stuff, you have to have different pads on you. So I had a big pad on my leg, like a sticky thing, Um and then they put me legs up and they actually used a larger speculum. And I had the same doctor that did my first appointment. And I said, oh, that's a bit bigger than last time. I can feel that. And he went, yeah, he was like, I was kind to you at the start. <laughs> but obviously they have to they have to be able to get in. Um, so I could feel that. But obviously, again, ladies, it wasn't pay- it wasn't painful. Like once it's in, it's there. And I, I just was like looking up, breathing. And again, everything's covered. It's dig- your dignity is protected. You know, you're safe. Um, yeah. And they put um, like some dye up there so they can see the area. Um, some kind of like, I don't know, liquid that makes it stand out. Um, and this time... The first time the screen was like I could see it and this time it was behind me so I couldn't see it. I guess it's a bit more. <laughs> um, and then they place lots of bits and pieces underneath you so they, it can catch the blood because yeah. that obviously comes out. Um, and then they started with the anaesthetic. So they gave me a few injections. That was what I was nervous about. Oh, wow. Because everyone says online that I'd read is that it's like having a filling. And I thought, oh, my God, this is going to be painful. And the nurse was so sweet. She was like, right, keep breathing. And there were some flowers on the wall, like a painting. I was just looking at the pretty flowers, like, <laughs> like breathing, like, especially doing, like, being into the yoga and the meditation. I was like, right, like, happy place, you know, like, this is fine. It needs to happen. Um but I couldn't feel it. Oh wow! I, honestly, like I couldn't feel. I couldn't. Fi- I couldn't feel the injections. Ah. Like my doctor, from the moment I met him on my first coposcopy appointment, he is an angel. Like he made. 
he's he was so like oh. how he handled everything he was talking to me the whole time like you're doing really well my girl how you doing girl like not some people would find that maybe patronizing but i really liked it um the way he just oh. spoke to me made me feel at ease and made me feel like he was my uncle i don't yeah. know if that's a bit weird but no. it was mm. that's how, like his energy was calm collected he does this for a living that's what i felt you know he's he knew i was in safe hands anyway so that was fine then um he says so you're gonna feel an adrenaline rush and your pulse might increase and i thought stuff and i haven't felt before fine oh like uh, uh is this once like, it was it over was horrible um no, I haven't had the treatment yet. <laughs> so oh gosh! Inject- oh, wow. So injections okay. to numb, injections to numb the area. Okay. And then he says you're going to feel the adrenaline rush, your heart rate, and I thought, and then I went, I feel sick, and I had a mask on as well because of COVID. So I, I was then I really? had a jumper on because I wanted to be comfy. So I, I had a cozy jumper on. I was sweating. I was like, I felt like I'd taken a bad pill. I was literally like. I was like, I can't, like, I was like, Ugh. I, and the nurse was, ha- ha- the, the nurse was stroking me, because obviously I was on my own as well, stroking oh. me, she's like, you're doing really well, Bethany, keep breathing, I then started crying, I was like, I can't, st-. and it was like, it was like, you're taking something, I was going, I can't stop it, and I was streaming, and I was going, <laughs> <laughs> but also at the same time, I was laughing a bit, I was like, it's fine, like, I know you need to, like, I was like, it's fine, <laughs> And um, he was like, right, Bethany, we're going to start the treatment now. Are you okay for me to do this? And I'm like, yeah, it's fine, it's fine. Um, and they obviously zap a bit first to make sure that you can't feel it. He was like, remember, like, this should be painless. If you can feel anything, let me know. And I was like, I couldn't feel it. I kid you not. So the let's loop treatment, I believe, is when they use like, because obviously they can't get in and cut it out. Yeah. They use like, these electrical currents to incision around it. Um, And then I thought, so I'll get to that bit. So I had the treatment. I I couldn't feel it. And then he was like, it's done. And I was then like, he was like starting. He was like, take your mask off, relax. It's done. Don't move. So obviously you're like, your legs are in the air anyway. So they keep you there for um, blood flow. Um, and he was he was amazing they were amazing um they left me there for a bit she kept talking to me how how are you feeling um and then they slowly like put my legs down first leave me there for a few minutes then I sit up leave me there for a few minutes keep talking to me get me water wait for some color to come back because it like again it was that adrenaline rush it was horrible but again other people might react differently i was also very hungry i i ate in the morning at about 10 o'clock it's now 2 30 i hadn't eaten enough and i was texting my mum just before i was like i'm starving um and i could have done with like having a a chocolate bar or something just to put my Mm. blood sugar up um but again i didn't know what the fuck was going about yeah. to happen no one had told me that i was about to go under local an- well i knew i was having local but no one had told me there was yeah. that what i was about to happen no one had just explained it and then maybe i would have taken a lucasaid um you know a sandwich i don't know something um anyway i then sat up and i could see a pot bloody pot with something in it and when what they do is after the treatment, they they read they actually read out your name and your address just to to confirm it's definitely you. You know, with testing, there's no mix ups. And I said to the nurse, I said, "Is that what you've just taken out of me?" And she said, "Yeah. Would you like to see?" And I said, "Yes, please." Now I assumed that they blasted the wall. Yeah. I didn't think they'd taken a part out of me. However, it was like a boiled sweet. No the way. The size of it. Yeah, it was a lump. Um, I was a bit, I was a bit shocked by that, to be honest. It looked oh, like a little brain like... and floating around. She said it's a mate, and I was like, "Fucking hell, you've taken that out of me." Um, 
yeah so that it was a, it was a little bit much i'm not gonna lie yeah. um i came out and the thing is because it is all hormonal it's it is normal to cry it is normal to get overwhelmed i walked yeah. upstairs very slowly and like a duck i was so like just my body was just in shock um and i saw my mum my mum pulled up to the front i just cried and i think she thought the worst um she thought she yeah. you know they expect the worst you know they worry they panic um and yeah that was it really um i then obviously like the worst bit is the bed rest for me um although i've started to move slowly i'm gonna go for a little walk and get some basil after oh, this that, um, yes. <laughs> for dinner um Yay. but again it's baby steps the worst bit actually has been recently so annoyingly so i had the treatment um just over a week ago um not christmas day week before christmas and i then was due on my period just before christmas um so that's been a little bit heavier than usual um normally periods yeah. for me last like maybe just like a day two days like i don't have a heavy cycle yeah however after you've had this kind of treatment the cycle's heavier so i came on my period uh maybe wednesday it's now it's now wednesday i've been on my period for a week like an actual seven day period what the <laughs> fuck um and unfortunately oh, wow. i sat on the toilet um sorry anyone listening it's graphic but it's it's real it happens and i ju- i kid you not it was like like you know that sound when you're sick oh yeah <sighs> right <laughs> Oh, yeah, mate. mate. God. That and moon cut will be filling up quick. <laughs> right. And that's the thing. I'm not allowed to use anything. My my friend, bless her, she was like, have you tried maybe a menstrual oh, cup? Oh, no, and I, was like, I would I'm not, allowed. Yeah, not like, recommend I can't anything that up. after a treatment like that. Four, well, no, yeah, four weeks, you're not allowed to do anything, use anything, mm. just pads. Mm. Um. So, yeah, the it's been a bit, I'm a bit exhausted, but I just have to eat well, like eat well, loads of stuff to boost my immune system like i said i found these little um hall like hall sweets they're pink grapefruit and built from like immune support so i have a pot of them on my bedside table i've got abc plus multivitamins and minerals holland and barrett and i've got echinacea supplement oh yes yes for echinacea yeah yeah i wish i would have gotten on that before this cold happened oh god yeah you should have um so yeah that's kind of where i'm at with the treatment um what a bloody thing to add on to 2020 though like fuck right, right? Off. yeah right no yeah, man and that's why now like it's just a bit like i'm a bit it would be nice to go and have a coffee with a friend and just like i'm like i said i'm lucky to live with my mum and my stepdad they're great but i'm 25 <laughs> yeah um so it would just be nice to go and meet a friend for a coffee and have a hug and talk about girl things and maybe go for a beer or something, you know, something just... Or go to the cinema, go for dinner. You know, just something like that to just, like, keep me going while still fighting this off, but I'm stuck in four walls. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, I really... I mean, sorry, Bethany, we're taking so much of your time because I feel like there's so much to cover. I don't know how you want to start this conversation because I think it's, again, we've we've chosen two bloody massive topics. But I think I, I'm really interested in knowing um, about your experience with antidepressants. Cool. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm really, really open. Again, not meant to offend anyone, not meant to scare anyone. Um, I, and I know for some people, they do, people do think, oh, that's a lot for me. Um, that's okay if it's a lot for you. Um, yeah. It's the same with the HPV, especially because I share online. I know some people think, wow, but for me, it's just really important. And everyone handles things and deals with things differently. And it's also your life as well. Do you know what I mean? It's your, it's your experience and, you know, your, we'd want you to share it if as much as you want to. Yeah, yeah. And I, I want people and I want people to know me for me um i there is a lot to me as a person so yeah i i first got put on um antidepressants when i was 17 i'm now 25 um and i can't even remember what i was first on um because 
unfortunately at the age of 18 I did take an overdose um however I'm okay and it and it was because I was I wanted people to take my illness seriously I wanted people to listen um so I don't remember what I was first on because after I came out of hospital um I was like I'm never taking that tablet ever again mm-hmm. so I can't it's weird it's like I've dissociated what I took I can't remember and I was on it for a year or two b- before I tried um and then my most recent um medication which I've stopped taking I stopped taking it in March um and it's the longest I've been off meds and I'm actually doing really well so it is beatable it is totally curable and obviously depression and anxiety doesn't go but we can manage it um and I never thought I'd see the day where I'd be off meds and be fine um but it's been since March it's been a fucking lockdown it's been a pandemic and I've done a whole pandemic without it that's amazing thank you to see you yeah yeah so it's doable thank you and well yoga helped yoga meditation journal yes every day helps um and you know what yes i wrote this in my journal this morning i'll read it because i don't mind again i like sharing um where are we so the days wednesday 30th the days i don't feel so good are the days i don't journal or flow because yesterday i had a bad day but i was just bored i over ate last night i do i have an addictive personality um hence the sobriety but i can still eat so I do overeat, I do overindulge, um, you know, and, I, and I, I got on my mat this morning and I went, for, f- for fuck's sake, like, listen to yourself. Yeah. If you do yoga and meditate, take a bit of time to breathe, you're going to be okay. And now I'm having a great day, um, you know. Anyway, so been off meds since March, but the most recent medication I've been on is sertraline. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of people our age um, have been put on sertraline and it's not nice it's not nice it's like taking it it's taking a drug and you know I got side effects when I first went on it it was horrible I would you know before you're sick you get like water in your mouth oh yeah yeah that I would be that started happening I'd be in ballet I would yawn and my jaw would go like it would like when my jaw would release like it would like it would gurn um it was horrible. Obviously, that wears off. Super helpful for singing. <laughs> <laughs> the widest bib ever. Yes. <laughs> Bethany with the wide bib. Oh, my God, imagine. She's back on the meds, clearly. Um, so, oh you know, God. like, it's not a nice experience, but, and this is what I mentioned when I mentioned it to you, I think it was something really important to talk about because so many, not so many, a few people do have this opinion. They go, oh, you shouldn't be taking that or are you sure that medication's right for you? It's like, you need to just, we need to learn sometimes that opinions are valid, but they don't always need to be voiced. Um, You know, you're okay to feel that way. You're okay to question in it, but is it correct putting that on me? Especially someone that's anxious or dealing with mental health to go, well, you can just face it alone. I couldn't. No. Medication, yeah. medication, even though once upon a time, you know, I made a bad decision, which was a bad decision. And I'm, I'm entitled to say that because I know some people are like, it wasn't a bad decision, you know, or whatever. It was a bad decision for me. And we just need to be considerate about how we address these situations to people that are experiencing them. And I just think with this medication thing, when you, if you said topics, I thought what is close to my heart and something that we don't talk, people don't like talking about. You know, I think finding bravery and saying um, this, you might not agree with it, but I have to do this is really important. Yeah. And and again, it come, that can sometimes stem from home. If your family doesn't agree with it, it's hard. Do you think taking whatever antidepressants you've been on has helped you come to a more manageable stage yep. with your mental illnesses yep yeah. um it's difficult because some people say they numb you and they numb your emotions i didn't feel that they did but maybe they did yeah. and i was unaware um but yeah i think they've been a re- for, since being that like i said the come on to sertraline was fucking horrible but the come off was easy um i didn't feel like i needed to take it you know i didn't feel addicted um which is weird because I have an addictive personality. Um, mm. 
and and I have and I have suffered with addiction in the past, you know, addicted to food, addicted to substances. So for me, that's actually quite bizarre. I haven't thought about that before as to why. So it was clearly I was clearly ready to say goodbye, and I was clearly done. Um, and it's you know it's not been the first time I've been on and off meds for however long, and who's to say I won't go back on them? Yeah, you know it can happen. What? Is what is that come off process like? You that, just have to you, you have to do it in stages, don't you? You just have to wean yourself off it. So if if you're taking say a hundred milligrams, the tablets I believe I guess they probably come in different ones, but I've only ever had the fifty milligram tablets. Yeah. So you could either start taking them every other night. Obviously, anyone listening, if you're on medication, don't do this yourself. Go to your doctor, speak to your GP about this. I guess it depends. Everyone's different. It depends what your dosage is. But I started taking it every other night and then every few nights and then just stopped. Is that my system? It's interesting. It's interesting you say how your family definitely shapes like how you, your, your perception towards them because I, my, there's kind of, um, I've got a long history of depression in, my mum's mm-hmm. side of the family. Potentially my dad's, but they just don't address it. Um, yeah. <laughs> in, so my mum's side of the family, so like a lot of the women especially, like m- my mum was on Prozac mm-hmm. for ages. Um, but so it was like p- people in my family have taken it and it's just been part of them dealing with their their mental illness. And my mum would always say to me, I have a hormone imbalance and this is the thing that I take to address that hormonal imbalance. Yeah. And so that's always just been what I've known. Yeah, that's so good. That's so amazing. And that's so true. It's like, yeah, my chemicals in my brain are a bit out of sync. This is what I take to just help them balance out. It's not a case of medical... It's difficult, though, because some people, they they don't want to take something that's going to numb them and make them feel it, not feel anything. But it's hard. It's trial and error. Everyone's situation's different, but it's hard. It's really... It's a hard fucking conversation, actually. I was just wondering... um, as you said, you've had some, or I don't know if you said specifically, but you've had instances where um, people have said, oh, you can't say that, or 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 instances where people have said, oh, are you sure um, that's the right thing to be doing? Is that right that you've had specific versions of that? Um, yeah, and you know what? Fuck it. I'm very honest anyway, and he won't be listening. My real dad, um, who he's we're not we don't see him anymore and funnily enough he's had history of whatever and I said oh dad I'm going like I need to go on medication and he was like no you don't he was like it's a load of shit that rings my mum don't let her take it don't let her take that shit don't and just and I was like I was like but I need to take and I and I think actually do you know what the family doctor who's not that that's why I don't go to the same one because we loved him he's retired I'm pretty sure it was him because I trusted him with my life and Dr Stockton he had said you right this is what you're taking Bethany this is like the plan so I listened to it I was like dad it's got to happen and and hearing that from a parent I mean he's a shit parent anyway but um (laughs) you know unfortunately it's true um and I was just like, what? Like, it's so hard. And I and I can surely, you know, if it's happened to me, it's happened to others where their parents haven't supported them. And that's just really sad. Yeah. How did you, like, deal when he said that? How did you, like, deal with that conversation, I guess? Um, yeah. I don't I don't really remember. I was quite young. And I think, again, I was probably in a, an episode where I wasn't well. I was in a dark place. Don't really remember. But I had my mum's support. Um, I had my fam, I had my other family support, and like being like where I'm at now, you know, I've got an amazing stepdad. Um, we live in a family home together. Um, you know, so I've left all that sort of in the past, and now moving forward is very positive. Present moment is very positive. So, I think that's a beautiful note to end on because we've kind of come full circle. Yeah, um, yeah, we have. Thank you. Otherwise, we'll be here. Till yeah, four. I know. Literally, well, we can talk. We can talk <laughs> forever. <laughs> But thank you so much for your time and your generosity of thought. And like you said, like we are just two strangers we've never met before. And so thank you for sharing yeah. all those really like intimate details. Is there anything that you would like to plug, either social media or anything that you're doing or like any of your yoga stuff or anything like that that you Oh want to yeah, let's do some yoga yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, if anyone is ever interested, um I'm just about to, because obviously I'm not allowed to uh, move at the moment. 
in the new year i'm going to start doing some guided meditation online not long five maybe five minutes 30 minutes of our day just taking the time to come onto zoom talk us through some nice um, mantras make us feel great about ourselves um i, I would like to offer um this one-to-one if you want to do it in a group with your girlfriends your boyfriends your friends message me talk to me uh let's 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 feel good amazing and where can where can people find that oh at yoga with b which is b e double e three e's three e's got it <laughs> yeah b with three e's b with b yoga with yoga with b love that or Musical. or you can go on my instagram which is at bethany underscore underscore terry which is T-E-R-R-Y, and on there you can get all the links to my cat's Instagram, (gasps) my yoga page, (laughs) and also any updates with me, HPV. I have highlights, actually have highlights for HPV, some nice mantras and words, and also um, something that I started in Germany and need to continue, um, which is hashtag MMHM, which is My Mental Health Matters. And sometimes I just upload little videos about like just not being too hard on yourself. I can't even remember what I've spoken about on there, but I need to carry it on. Yes. Thanks, Thank Bethany. You so much. No, thanks for having me. This has been Open House with Mel Lowe and Clancy Ryan. Music by Glenn Clark. Yeah.